On today's episode, we are going to be looking at the story of our unfaithfulness from a different angle. Um, The last few weeks, we've been talking about the mind of the adulterer, inside the mind of an adulterer. And today, we are going to shift and look at inside the mind of the betrayed. Stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. Rusty and Heather Bryant are here with you and glad to be back with you for another episode. This week is going to be a little bit of a shift from the last three weeks. And uh, we've been on a three-week series, a little mini-series. That we thought would be one. Thought was going to be <laughs> one, but we decided to go... Um, and, and slow it down a little bit so we could make sure we covered everything. And so we did three weeks of Inside the Mind of an Adulterer. And um, very uh, popular series that a lot of you have reached out to us about. Tons and tons of downloads. And just really, really, um, really popular. So thanks for listening. And so now we're going to shift things a little bit. And we're going to give Heather a chance to ask me some questions. And so our shift is that now we are going to go inside the mind of the betrayed. Yes. So I'm just curious. You know how you always intro? And you let me intro this time. Was it not good? Because you literally just re-said everything that I said in the intro. Well, I probably re-say everything <laughs> I say every week. Did you re-say it better? Probably. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited All right. about um, about today. How long is this one going to last? Oh, I don't know. It depends on how long you talk about them. Okay. It might just take one I doubt it. You might have two questions. No, I have three questions. Three questions? You only have three questions? I had like 12. Yeah, it might lead into more, but three big topics I wanted to ask. So, you know, you've said often on here, um, gosh, I like being on this side of it. It's not near as, as near as, um, um, what's the word? Scary. Scary. Yeah, that's, (laughs) I was trying to say anxiousness or something, but anyway. Okay. So... You have said several times along um, our journey and even on this podcast that you it was out of the blue that I confessed um, to having an affair. Like you didn't see it coming. I think some people we talk to, you know, they'll say, oh, well, I noticed this and this was weird. And now I'm not saying you can't go back and look at things, but the night that I confessed to you that I had been unfaithful You have said it took you completely off guard and that it was out of the blue. So I wanted to know if you could kind of tell us um, how that felt. Like what, what went through your mind when I said that, when I, when I said, let's sit down and have a talk. Um, You know, you've told us before that, that it, you know, you're like, what is happening that you knew it was bad. Um, just kind of talk us through those first um, moments of that conversation. Mm. Well, I I say all the time that it was a complete surprise um, because I did feel like we had a really good marriage. Um, 
And I think that part of the reason why I thought we had a good marriage is because I didn't really know what a good marriage was at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked at the rest of the world and compared our marriage to the rest of the world, then I thought that we were just great. Like I thought we were healthy and happy and all of that. And so, you know, when you told me that night, when you said we need to talk and you said I've messed up, I didn't immediately go to to that because I had no reason to think that. Like I like I loved I mean I still do, but I'm saying for that at that moment I loved you mm-hmm. and I thought that you loved me and I thought that you adored me. And so I never like I just I did not think that you were capable of that because we had we dated for 7 years and had been married for 15 years so 22 years that we had been together and that was not that was not your character um to do something like that and so so yeah it was completely out of the blue um and and surprised me now when you said i've messed up i didn't immediately go there and the weird thing about this is, is that then then you said, I've messed up really bad. And it was just like, all of a sudden, it, it was almost like when you see a movie and things just sort of like rewind, you know, you see somebody's, all of their thoughts and all of their, you know, everything just kind of rewinds and it's in fast motion. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you see it and it catches back up. You know, it's almost like going back in time and then coming right back. It was almost like that happened in a very split second. And then all of a sudden, I just, like, I knew. Mm-hmm. And I kind of started putting, like, even in that really quick moment, like, just putting some pieces together. And it was just sort of this aha moment of, you know what, I, I, I can see how this has happened. And so it was a weird, it was just a weird, weird feeling because I, I, I do think that there's so many people out there that maybe, and I've said this before, you know, they suspect something's going on. And I can go back and look. There are three or four times, and again, you look at it from a completely different, you know, lens and a different set of glasses. When you you know, you know, sure. you can go back and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. But but I I do know, like I remember three or four times, or maybe even five times, where things were happening in the summer, and I was like. This isn't this ain't adding up. Like mm-hmm. something's not right. And I'm sure I just kept pushing it to the side because I didn't want to believe it. And, you know, you've said it, you would get defensive of mm-hmm. anything that I would say. And and we we were not a you were not a safe place for me mm-hmm. ever, really, in those fifteen years. Like as far as just the what we talk about as being a healthy relationship and having a safe place to communicate, you were not that for right. me. 
And so I didn't want to, I was, it was eggshells a lot of times. So I didn't want to touch that at all. And, you know, so looking, looking back on it, yes, I know that there were those, those moments, but it wasn't to the extent of where I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch you because Mm -hmm. I know you're doing something. And I do think that there's spouses out there that know that their spouses are involved in something, or at least they suspect it so heavily that they're just prepared. Mm -hmm. Like they're prepared to walk in and find something that they didn't, that they, you know, didn't want to happen or, you know, picking up a phone and finding something that they weren't, you know. Or maybe even look for stuff, like going and looking at phone records. Or right, like right. That. Yep. And, they, and they expect to find sure, something. Sure. Because they're, yes, because they are actively looking. Mm-hmm. And when that's going on, there has to be inside their mind, all right, when I find out, this is how I'm going to react right, to that. Right, And when they finally tell me or when I catch them, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so you you sort of have the script and you think about it and you've got it, you know, sort of planned out in your mind. And I just didn't have that script mm-hmm. because I just did not believe it could be right. possible. Right, right. You know, I you've said on here before, and just to recap for a minute, I've um, heard you say, tell the story several times that you went back, that you left the house and you went to a trusted friend that was just like, how? let me just talk through this with somebody. And then came back to the house and I've heard you say that you immediately started looking for places that we could go to try to help um, in any way possible about our marriage, to help our marriage survive. How did you so quickly get to the point where you wanted to fight for our marriage? Well, I th- I do think that after the initial um after the initial shock and my reaction, I know I know that I asked you some questions and got, you know, enough details to where where I could you know, put some actual substance to what you were saying. You know, it just wasn't some words. You know, there was ac- there were actually names. You know, that I I knew what was involved, and you know that kind of thing. Knew the extent of it at least, and so I was mad. Um, and I remember trying to express my anger, and I did. I was. It was just so much of a fog. Like, I don't, I I didn't know how to respond. And so I ended up just like, I'm leaving. And I think that there was this element of of leaving. Some of it was was that I wanted, I kind of wanted you to wonder where I was going and what I was doing. Like I was, there was, I was angry and I wanted enough space to figure out almost how can I hurt you? Like I want to hurt you and because you have hurt me and crushed me so bad. So what can I do? And I didn't know what that was. physically. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, it was, it was just, yeah, I wanted you to be emotionally hurt. Right. And I didn't know how to do that, but I knew that if I just left, that at least you wouldn't have any idea where I was or what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so 
so I left and but as I left like like I'm telling you that there was so much and and spiritually I probably I know I wasn't where I needed to be and I wasn't leading our family in the way that I needed to lead not that anything bad was going on or wrong was going on I just wasn't I wasn't healthy spiritually like I would say that I am now and however there was such a foundation in my life as far as my faith in God, my trust in knowing that even in bad circumstances and tough times that he was faithful and would always be faithful. And so I I believe that just that that supernatural strength just sort of rose to the top at mm-hmm. that at that point. And I don't know that I was really at first consciously making that choice it was just that's what was in me and you know I, you know almost almost in a way that god was saying all right you know i'm going to fight for you and give you some strength because you don't have it right mm-hmm. now yeah. and so as i left i do think that i can remember having some emotions of Okay, I'm I'm gonna be the godly person that I need to be and I'm gonna try to figure out how to make this work because I have two awesome little boys that I want to protect and I still like I loved you so I knew that I didn't want that to end even though I was just spitting mad I still was in love with you so it was all right how can i start to try to figure out how to put these pieces back together and make the marriage work so i i left you know for a while and i came back i spoke with somebody i went to somebody's house that i could trust and i think it was really good because there was some perspective that i was given um, even some, I mean, to be honest, there was even some legal advice given, you know, because we didn't know, I didn't know, and the person I was sharing with had no idea what all this involved. Mm-hmm. So I was told, you know, to be careful about my relationship with you until I knew because, you know, could it have been something so crazy that I was going to fight for the custody of my kids? You know, there's all of these questions. And so I got some good advice, but it was enough for me to go, all right, just take a breath and, you know, let's, let's take this one step at a time. And I think that's why I started thinking, okay, well, what is the one step at a time? And so I came home, and I got in the bed with one of the boys, and I think I've shared, I know I've shared this before, but you kept calling me, and I just kept hitting decline. I was, there were cell phones back then, (laughs) (laughs) but you, you were calling me, and texting me, and like, I was getting this, you know, there was just this sense of, um, I'm going to show you now. Like and I kept I remember even thinking, who are you to be concerned about me? 
Like, why do you even care? Like, why would you even be calling me or texting me? And I remember I finally answered the phone. I did. I came back home, but I didn't come all the way home. I actually went down to our clubhouse, um, not like a not like a playhouse or a <laughs> fort, but like the the neighborhood clubhouse. And I drove down there where the swimming pool and stuff is. And I remember parking the car because I had all these missed calls from you and these missed texts. And, you know, you didn't know where I was. And so I finally answered one of your calls. And I remember you saying, you know, where are you? And I I think I even remember saying, why do you care? Like, why does it even matter where I am? And I don't know if you told, I don't really remember if you told me that night or if you told me later, but you were just so scared of who I was telling. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't know where I was because you didn't know who I was going out and telling and, you know, potentially ruining your relationship, your reputation. Absolutely. It was all about me. Yeah. So it was protecting yourself and worried about you. You did. I mean, you kept saying, where did you go? Who did you tell? Mm -hmm. And I think you even said, did you tell my dad? Like, Mm -hmm. I think I remember you saying that. And so I ended up coming back home and I didn't want to look at you. I was, I was, I was disgusted by you. I was so angry. I laid down with, with uh, one of our boys and that's the night that I, the first time that I um, Googled and searched for the marriage intensive mm-hmm. that we were f- familiar with, that God had put in our path several years before that. And I know we've told this story many times on here, but, um, but, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I was led to do that other than I was led to do that. Right. And so I looked and that's when I, um, when I found the National Institute of Marriage, which is now run by Focus on the Family over at uh, Barry College in Rome, Georgia. And, um, yeah, and so I just, that that gave me a little bit of hope because I knew that there was a step, like there was something to shoot for. Right, right. Um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask is, um, was there ever a time that especially in these early days that you felt like it was your fault did you ever try to make it make sense in the fact of what did I do to make that happen you know I don't know that I ever I don't think that I ever thought that I had done something to make you do this um, I, honestly, I was, I was pretty, not in a cocky way by any means, but I was, I was pretty confident in the husband that I was and especially the father that I was. And so, you know, I have, I've always, and, and uh, there's ups and downs, obviously, and I'm not always a perfect person, still not, but I, I feel like I have always served you well and done things that I would say that most spouses would be like um I mean the thing if I weren't doing those things that that's that's the kind of thing that somebody would say oh well you you caused me to want to go somewhere else yeah and I don't feel like I was ever in that position but I it not that I felt like I caused this I just so felt like I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean even even to this day when I think about it that's where 
that's where the enemy attacks me is that you aren't good enough, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why she went to find somebody better than you. And maybe it was, you know, I wasn't good looking enough or maybe I didn't have enough money or I didn't provide in the way that you wanted me to, you know, or I wasn't exciting enough. It was all of that and just so much of that just ate at me for most, I mean, for a, for a long, long time. Right. And, um, but I, but I did, you know, we've talked about this where as, as it went on, then in a very mature way, I've been able to go back and look at it and say, okay, well, well, what did I do? You know, is, what is my role and what is my responsibility? And, you know, I, I just, I mean, I do believe that there are people out there that, probably try to convince themselves that it was something that they did and you know let's just call a spade a spade sometimes it has nothing to do with with the person and what they've done it's it's I mean as much as you can say a hundred percent the heart of the other person and yeah you're about to say something. well because I, w- I just wanted to speak into that a little bit Because I think that the reason why I asked that question is I think that it would be a natural tendency for somebody to think, well, gosh, I mean, I must have done something. It's my, you know, I pushed her into the arms of somebody else. And I think you nailed it when you said that, I mean, you were very confident in your role as a husband and a dad and a provider. And for somebody like you who we might have listeners be like yeah but that's you know I wasn't that good at that it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it does not matter how good you are at your at being a husband or how good you were at being a provider how good you are at being a father it was one there's nothing you could have done that would have given me an excuse to do what I did Mm -hmm. and that's what like You know, I asked that question because I wondered still if it if there's any part of you that thinks, you know, oh, it was my fault or I caused it or I wasn't good enough. And of course, what you just said, that's how the enemy attacks you. Um, But there's so many people out there that I just want to hear that, like, there's not an excuse Mm -hmm. for your spouse to be unfaithful Mm -hmm. no matter what you've done no matter your lacking or your quote what you just said um not being good enough like that's not on you Mm -hmm. like of course we need to be better and of course we need to try and of course we aim to be the best spouse we can be but but ultimately it is it is all the person who chooses to be unfaithful. It's on them. Well, I I think, though, that there's probably some people that maybe it makes it a little bit easier, too, if they do recognize that I'm not really a very good spouse, you know, and, and they can at least look at it and go, I can understand why mm-hmm. this person, why my spouse might have gone looking somewhere else, you know. And and I think there's plenty of people out there that, that get to that point. And like you said, 
no one should get to that point where they're saying that because mm-hmm. there is no excuse. And I guess the reason why I'm saying that is because there's there are people out there that I don't think that you need to make up reasons to be the one that's responsible, you know, and sure. and try and and let's be honest, you certainly don't need to you shouldn't have to hear from your unfaithful spouse about how, about how it was your fault that sure. they became unfaithful. That's right. Um, because that's just a bunch of bull. Right. And now I have, you know, just like I said, it is, it is a healthy thing to go back and to think through, Hey, what got us to, sure. to that point? Sure. And, you know, and not I, immediately, no, no, <laughs> not, not immediately, but as you heal and, and get healthy and, you know, I was, I mean, I, it, it happened for us during a very busy time of, of the year for me. And so I know that there's people out there that you spill, you feel like your spouse isn't giving you enough attention. And, you know, I've thought through that because of the time of the year that it was for us. Um, and that rolls around every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it, you know, I travel a lot during that season. And is that, was I just not present enough? Um, so I have thought about thought about that and thought through that. And so I try to be a lot more careful when it comes to that and making sure that I'm not that um, that type of spouse again. Um, and then, you know, really the spiritual side of it too is I, I know that, man, I was taking my family to church and you know, I was serving and leading and all that kind of stuff. But as far as my personal spiritual life, it was just very bland. And it wasn't something that was bleeding over into our family. And, you know, I feel like that that's something that just I continually work on. Um, and obviously, there are times where it's much better than others, but... I'm not in a place like I was, you know, I, I never get to a place like I was then where it was just going through the motions. So Yeah, no, that's a good word. All right, so how are we doing on time? I'm not even looking at it. About three-ish minutes, okay, maybe. Okay, yeah. Okay, so my last question, or it's not the last question, it's kind of the last topic is on forgiveness. Um. Because, and I don't think we can do that in three minutes. No, <laughs> so, probably not. And, and I think that that is a vital part mm-hmm. of being in the mind of the betrayed is how you get from the absolute mess we were in um, to confession, to the hurt, to the all of the things that we've talked about on this episode. How did you get from there to forgiving me? Mm. And not only the moment of forgiveness, but the day-to-day choice that mm-hmm. you make of forgiveness. And I just think that there's, because of the popularity of the last three episodes, we know that this is a topic that people need to hear. Mm. Um, and I don't want to just zip through forgiveness because to me, it is the most powerful part of our story 
because if you had not been able to forgive me, we wouldn't be where we are. Mm. And then not only that, but it's such a beautiful side-by-side parallel picture of Christ's forgiveness for us. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think that that's too important to try to tie pretty bow on in three minutes. So can we talk next week about the forgiveness of the betrayed? Sure. Is that gives me, gives me time to think about forgiveness. See, look how nice (laughs) I am. You just, you didn't do that for me. You sprung them all the questions on me. (laughs) No, that's, that's great. I can, we can definitely, I think that that is a big topic when it comes to, um, couples trying to heal from unfaithfulness i know that there's we get it all the time in our direct messages and emails and stuff where people just say i i'm i'm having a hard time forgiving mm-hmm. i can't get past this i need I, you know how do i move on so yeah so maybe we can talk through that a little bit next week and help you guys yeah so all right thank you for being so open and transparent and of course it's no fun to go back and live through that again yeah, it's uh, it is, it is tough, and it's hard to kind of go back there because, like you said on the first episode, I think that we did on this topic, it in some ways it seems like yesterday, mm-hmm. and someday, and so, and in some ways it feels like a lifetime ago. Sure, and sure. so you know we. I don't know. I, and I don't know which is better. Like, I don't know if we, I don't know if we, we want it to feel like it was yesterday, so yeah. that we never forget and never quit learning or if it's better if we feel like it was a lifetime ago and we just kind of moved on i i don't know because i think we're healthy enough to where either one is okay to relive yeah well and that's what i was gonna say i think that each each time we remember it like both ways we remember good things about both and God reminds us of his goodness in both of those times it's kind of like with our kids like i mean we have 21 and 16, almost 17 years old. And sometimes it feels like literally yesterday they were newborn. And, but then sometimes it's like, yeah, I've felt every one of those 21 years, yep. you know, but you think about the, the sweet times in both. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's come back next year. N- next, next year. year. <laughs> see y'all next year. See you next year. <laughs> let's come back next week. And we'll finish up this topic. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great week.